0: i've kind of been trying to figure out who what patrick dukes actually sounds like because i've been emulating people all my life and i feel like now is now is the time where i should actually dig in and kind of see what where i fall in all of this
1: hey everyone this is the lake norman locals podcast the podcast about the people making change in our community stay tuned to learn more about the amazing person we have on today's episode
2: Welcome back to the Lake Norman Locals Podcast. Today we have Patrick Dukes with us. Thanks for coming out, Patrick. How's it going? Great. I appreciate it. Yeah, you guys had a late night last night, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you guys killed it. Uh, Y'all played at Boatyard with Brooke Lee. Mm -hmm. She absolutely demolished so just jumping in, we're kind of going to get into a little bit about you, kind of how you started, Then also it's Lake Norman local, so we'll talk a little bit about the local venues, but mm-hmm. just starting out, you know, uh, are you from this area?
0: Yeah, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, born and raised, um, but I'm I'm really from Huntersville.
2: How did you uh, get started in music?
0: I guess my, my grandfather, uh, he plays music, plays gospel, country music, loves that, passed it down to my dad. And, uh, and then when I got way too into Guitar Hero, my dad was like, oh, I should give him a guitar. <laughs> so he, he kind of showed me some power chords, and I played Smoke on the Water for a week, and that was that.
2: That's incredible. Guitar Hero is dangerous. Oh, yeah, man. And you guys have done quite a few bands, right? You know, you mentioned your dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys did what? What was the Dukes band?
0: Yeah, so uh, my dad, is uh, he's played with a guy, a good friend uh, for a long time, Dukes and Smith. And so, uh, I mean, early on, they would pull me up and I would just do a couple songs. And then from there, at the place I was taking lessons at at the time, there's a band called, I guess, the Glass Hammers. And that was like the first real band that was like me playing
2: on my own with a, another group. And do you remember like a first song you learned where you're like, oh, my goodness, I'm I'm badass at guitar?
0: Oh, gosh. No, man. It's it's no. always a struggle. I feel like I'm still waiting on that song. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was like Cliffs of Dover or something, though.
2: Just casually. I
0: just remember practicing that for like a year and then finally like being able to play one or two of the lines was just like, oh man, wow, this is kind of fun. And how old were you when you learned that? Ooh, uh, I remember I was at like, I was doing all district practicing in like a hotel room. Uh, would have been sometime like maybe eighth grade. So I don't
2: know. 13th grade, just casually learning. Clips <laughs> yeah. Cool, man. That's pretty extraordinary. Um, so eighth grade you're learning Clips at Dover. Kind of can you walk me through the bands, the performances you guys did maybe up to the end of high school? Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess progression wise. Uh, when
0: I started off, I started when I was eight years old and probably for the first two or three years, like I guess it was kind of fun to do. but um, I guess I started actually seeing some progress and got like a, a new guitar, like this black epiphone Les Paul. And it was like, oh man, now I actually want to practice. Now this is actually cool. Um, so from there, I've always just kind of like sought out that, um, trying the hardest thing possible is going to be the <laughs> fastest way to get better. So I would just fumble my way through the hardest thing that I thought I could play. Right. Um, and that's kind of just what I've done. So we had that glass hammers band for, I don't know, maybe two or three years. Um, by the end of that, we were playing around locally. Um, I guess after that uh, freshman year in high school, me and uh, two buddies got together and played the talent show. Did YYZ and uh, part of Free Will, some Rush stuff, and ended up beating out all the seniors for for the talent show. So we were like, "Oh, hey, maybe there's something there." As freshmen? Yeah, yeah. And they were a little they were a little miffed, but it was all good. <laughs> That's um, awesome.
2: And YYZ is not easy
0: yeah i mean i think the funniest part though is we started it and our bass player forgot to plug in (laughs) so like like our drummer starts off the song we go into it and then he just like freaks out and plugs in the cables he realized it pretty quick but anyways yeah after that um we were looking for a singer so i guess that's how the irrational project started um started playing like local bars uh, some some nice people in Cornelius gave us a shot playing like Sunday nights. They're like, oh man, you guys don't actually sound that bad. Maybe we'll put you on like a Friday or Saturday sometime. And throw you in one of the festivals down at Cornelius. But uh, that went on for, man, I guess, four years, slowly grew.
2: That's awesome, yeah, we'll uh, go out and talk to people and actually made some friends with someone because I was just bringing up this crazy band, Irrational, that's playing locally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're like, no way, I love those guys. <laughs> So aside from the bands, I feel like you've also done a lot of solo stuff in that time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've seen you do some Berkeley performances.
0: Yeah, so um, I guess I, I did some like summer program type stuff. One of the opportunities I got was to uh, go out to L.A. for like a program called Grammy Camp. And uh, I like you submit an audition and all this stuff. And um, it's like a week where. Uh, you you just get to work with industry professionals and they try to like actually sit you down and talk you through like, okay, here's realistically how you're going to live your life in music and actually make a living. Like it's not all just glam and glory and whatever. Um, so that was one thing I did. And then another thing was, uh, Berkeley runs a program called guitar sessions every summer. And it's just like a ton of guitarists go up there and you work on learning some new stuff for, for, I guess, five to six days or so. So,
2: well one of the coolest parts uh, i watched this one video and everyone's playing in unison of Mm -hmm. course but they've got one kid off to the side who's just the one kid out of these 10 musicians gets to do a solo the youngest Mm -hmm. kid and that was of course patrick That was just so cool, man. In, so at camp, were they like, holy cow, this guy's incredibly talented? Or
0: Oh, man, everyone there is a guitar player. So it's like, I don't know, <laughs> a lot of egos floating around. Right. But I don't know. I'm bad at plugging myself. So right. I just like to let my playing speak for itself. Clearly.
2: Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're a little too humble, dude. Maybe. <laughs> so now you're in college, Belmont mm-hmm. University. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of stuff are you working on now?
0: Right now, I guess at the moment this summer, I'm, I'm kind of trying to pick up, pick up work as just a freelance guitar player. Right. Um, like I've been studying audio engineering and initially I was like, Oh man, it would be great to have like an internship or work over at a studio or something. But I talked to a guy in town and he was, he was like, what's, what's the one thing you want to do? And I was like, I don't know. I'm kind of just waiting to see what happens. And he's like, no, you're 20 years old. What's the one thing you want to do? You got to go out and do it now. I was like, well, man, I guess I want to be out on the road playing stadiums, playing guitar. He's like, well, then go after it. So that's kind of been the turning point at the beginning of the summer. Like, oh, man, I need to seek out these gigs and talk to the right people and make it happen.
2: That's awesome. And we were talking a little bit beforehand, but it sounds like, you know, you kind of just put yourself out there and Mm -hmm. started... Networking, some of that, yeah, mm-hmm. it sounds like it kind of just picked up out of nowhere.
0: Mm-hmm. There, there's definitely been some people that I've met, um, just through kind of going back and forth to Charlotte, and Nashville over the past years before going to college, and um, just yeah, really nice people been helping me out, throwing my name in the pot for certain gigs and whatnot. And it's finally I feel like I actually have my foot in the door a little bit.
2: That's awesome. So kind of taking another step back, what are some of your influences? You know, listening to you I would say definitely some Led Zeppelin mm-hmm. in there. Some Rush. But mm-hmm. what songs, what bands influenced you guys?
0: Man, I think one of the first big ones that uh like I would not be the guitarist I am without him when I, I didn't even realize it until he passed recently, but Eddie Van Halen mm. um I remember <laughs> going back to Guitar Hero. There was a version of Guitar Hero that was like all Van Halen music. And when I heard that, I was like, man, how the heck does anyone do this on a guitar? It's like, I got to figure this stuff out. And of course, I mean, it took me a long time to actually be able to play any of those licks. But that was like always like, man, if I could play like Eddie, that's that's the dream. I would say he's probably one of the biggest ones and then going down that path leads you into all sorts of virtuosic players like Steve Vai and uh, Joe Satriani so those two guys were pretty big influences for a while um, and then of course I have a classic rock kind of background um, it's like guys like Steve Lukather from Toto right. um, a little behind the scenes but uh yeah a lot of stuff
2: that's awesome and uh, again I don't mean to go too much into the age of when you're learning that stuff but mm-hmm. like how old were you when you're figuring Ooh. all that stuff out
0: uh man i guess i i really started playing the van halen stuff live with that band the glass hammers so <laughs> would have been in middle school <laughs>
2: oh my goodness
0: um,
2: But yeah, yeah that's awesome cool that is incredible so Moving into kind of the community of Lake Norman, how do you mm-hmm. feel that Lake Norman as a whole has supported you and your growth as a musician?
0: Um, man, I feel like there could not have been a better place to, uh, to have started, especially uh, towards the Cornelius area. Uh, like there's a great local live music scene going on there. Um, like I said earlier, like when, when the Irrational Project was starting out, uh was like man why like why would anyone want to let a couple kids come in a bar and play music like what are they gonna do but uh people gave us a shot um we started playing some open mics and everyone was just super super happy to I mean help us out and cultivate our creativity and give us opportunities where they could and it kind of took off from there
2: that's awesome yeah because you guys weren't just playing um standard cover stuff of course a lot of it was mm-hmm. covers but you guys also had really cool originals you mashed a few songs mm-hmm. which was always cool um but yeah it was cool to watch you guys especially at boatyard which mm-hmm. brings me into are there any venues that stick out to you you have some favorites locally or mm-hmm. you just kind of like all of them
0: i think uh otph on the Cornelius strip will always have a special place in my heart because that's like where where i like really started gigging like the first real like bar shows where we actually had people coming out um so that'll always be a a cool place but uh man when boatyard came came around it's like man cornelius really has a a venue where bands can come out and have a have a real big live show right so that place has been awesome for that
2: that place gets packed (laughs) yeah
1: We interrupt this podcast with a quick word from two of our sponsors today. This podcast is brought to you by Trailblaze Paints. The team at Trailblaze Paints runs their business on the principles of honesty, integrity, and quality. They're one of Lake Norman's top rated paint companies with a vision to be the number one trusted painters in the Lake Norman area. If you or someone you know is looking for interior, exterior, or cabinetry painting, please visit their website or reach out directly at 704-402-0556. This message is also sponsored by Lakeside Blooms. Devin and his team at Lakeside Blooms take ultimate care to provide the unique experience for every party. If you have a party, take it up a notch and reach out to Devin at Lakeside Blooms. You can find them on Instagram, Facebook, or reach out directly at 718-757-8546. Now back to the podcast.
2: Do you have any dream
0: venues? I've never really thought about that, but it would be cool to come back here and play at like PNC or something. <laughs> just, just to be like, Hey man, I used to go see concerts here when
2: I was a kid. Right. So One day, one day. Mm-hmm. Do you have any shows that stick out to you? One, a show that you're like, Oh my goodness, we killed it. The crowd was awesome. <laughs> remember that one guy body or surfing Mm -hmm. and then a separate question are there any shows that stick out because they were just absolutely horrendous
0: oh yeah definitely both yeah i guess probably one or two of the shows at boatyard with irrational like i mean by that point we had been playing together like three years or so and the set was tight Um, we were always trying to throw new music in but uh But yeah, some of those, some of those shows, you just kind of get into the flow and you get tunnel vision a little bit and you start the set and you just keep playing until it's over. So definitely a couple of those nights. Um, and yeah, man, it's live music is something else. It's a strange beast. And I'm, I'm sure you probably picked up on a little bit of that last night, but, uh, it's like anything can happen and you just got to be on your toes. And so, I mean, when I was probably what, 17 or 18, um, it's easy to let that stuff get in your head when you're like halfway through a set and you like totally botch some (laughs) like super recognizable journey solo. And it's like, well, man, everyone heard that. It's like, what am I going to do? So you're with my tail between my legs, the whole show. And sometimes it throws you off, but I guess after doing it a little longer, it's, it's easier and easier to kind of, you still make the mistakes, but you just get a little more graceful about how you handle it.
2: Right. Well, if that's, I mean, if that's the biggest thing you can think of, you botched a journey solo. Oh
0: no, there's much more, but just like forgetting arrangements and right. like getting totally off with the band. And then it's like, oh man. And of course playing in bars late at night, weird stuff happens. So like, I think one night we were in Concord and these two guys from Kentucky, I don't know why they were here or what, but apparently one of them pulled like a gun in the parking lot and we were on stage, had no idea what's going on. Like people
2: moving around, like freaking out and. Just some weird nights like that. That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, there were some guys out there. I was going to get some drinks last night, and some guys just saying some weird stuff. I'm like, okay, buddy. (laughs) There's some weird people sometimes. Yeah, you see a lot. But when you're up there, do you hear everyone screaming and going crazy, or are you in the zone?
0: Uh, It depends. Um, Definitely depends. Uh, Like last night we were running in-ears. So with the in ear monitors, you can't really hear the audience as well. But actually, I was I was surprised. There was a lot of leakage through all the mics on stage, so mm. it, it felt live. And with a place like Boatyard, when it packs in like that, it's pretty hard not to feel like there's a big audience there. Right. But it, it adds to the energy. It makes a big difference.
2: Yeah, you could definitely tell you guys had it in ears because the first minute of the set. You're, oh no! You're just shredding. Oh you're no! Getting so into it, and I had no idea. I know. I know it was the best.
0: Oh man. I was like, man, these, and Trent pointed it out to me and I was like, dude, you're not in, go, go again. It's like, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> I've been like acting a fool up here, flipping my hair and doing all this crazy stuff. And I'm just not even in the, in the speakers.
2: <laughs> That's okay. We had we all had a good chuckle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, something else too. I mean, we kind of touched on it already. You're super humble. But on stage, I mean, you got your shirt off, yeah, you got your yeah. hair flowing hey, all over the place, and then you get off the stage, and it's like, hey, what's up?
0: <laughs> I don't know, man. It's uh, kind of figured out slowly that people listen with their eyes just as much as their ears, so got to make it a show. And it's it's fun. It's kind of like flipping a switch. I don't feel like it's not myself when I'm doing it. Like It's not like an alter ego, but maybe a little bit kind of like that. I don't know skate behind a guitar and i'm a lot more confident i guess
2: that's awesome so something we haven't touched on too is your producing skills as well Mm -hmm. you know i'm not sure how many people see those videos Mm. um but like mr blue sky have one section where you're doing like at least 10 vocal sets <laughs> yeah, yeah. if not more
0: there's yeah there's probably more <laughs> <but> <laughs> probably more. only showed a few <laughs>
2: oh my goodness so how did you get into that what has that process Man.
0: Like? um if i'm being honest beginning of covid um i i just kind of felt like i lost a lot of inspiration for what i was doing with guitar and was kind of like, man, I got to kind of maybe explore some other musical things. And, um, like I'd always seen cover videos like that and guys like Jacob Collier and been like really inspired by people doing like all the parts and like, man, I should try to do that. So started with like a Chicago cover and also trying to work on my voice a little bit too. It was like this perfect time to just experiment. I got all the time in the world might as well. So I think it was, uh, I was driving back from Belmont one day from Nashville and I heard that song on the radio and I was like, man, I have got to cover that song. <laughs> and so it had been in the back of my mind for uh blue sky had been in the back of my mind for maybe a month or so. And it was just like, you know, today's the day. So I think probably about four or five days straight, I just like worked on it, getting <laughs> everything super tight, shooting all the video, edited it together and threw it out. But that's been a lot of fun. Yeah.
2: That's awesome. And so do you think recording with a band beforehand also helped?
0: Oh, yeah, totally.
2: Gave you all those mm-hmm.
0: skills? Just being, a, and maybe not so much learning how to do everything, but actually being able to do it efficiently and quickly and stack as many parts as I was able to in a reasonable amount of time. Like, actually being able to get that done in a week instead of a month um, has been certainly helpful.
2: And you made a good point about focusing on your voice, too. hmm when did you decide to start working on doing some singing? Do you want to integrate more singing into what you do? Because you've got a pretty Oh, good yeah, voice. definitely. Um, I feel like it was uh,
0: maybe with, with towards the end of like a lot of the irrational stuff, I kind of started wondering whether that sound was what I actually wanted to do or whether it was something that I just thought I should be doing, like the kind of whole classic rock type sound. So I guess over the last year and with code, I, I know I mentioned like kind of trying to figure things out through that with the guitar. I've kind of been trying to figure out who, what Patrick Dukes actually sounds like, because I've been emulating people all my life. Um, and I feel like now is, now is the time where I should actually dig in and kind of see what where I fall in all this.
2: That's awesome. That was a great answer. <laughs> um, do you have any interesting facts about yourself? most people do not know oh man maybe for good reason Ooh, I don't know um I mean I guess I
0: post about it a little bit but all the rock climbing stuff has been like such a such a fun thing for me to do now but yeah most most weekends and in, in fall I'm usually out somewhere in the middle of Tennessee climbing a rock and where do you guys Sundays?
2: where do you go climb
0: Man, it's hilarious. I wrote a paper on this last semester. Um, Everyone thinks all the climbing and stuff is out west, but two hours from Nashville, like any direction, some of the most quality rock in the U.S. Um, It's like the Red River Gorge is one of the most beautiful places you'll ever go. Some place like the Obid, kind of towards middle Tennessee. Yeah, a lot of stuff there.
2: That's awesome. And like how high do you guys climb? It seems um, like you do a lot of... I, I don't know what it's called when it's oh, the, angled. The bouldering? uh, A lot of where I see the angled Oh, climbing. just super overhung, steep stuff? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Is that is that your style or do you like straight... Uh, man,
0: when I started off, I was too weak to do any of it. But in Tennessee and the South in general, like all the sandstone tends to be really overhung like that. So kind of kind of turned into that style by force more than by, <laughs> by pleasure. But... I don't know. It's, uh, I was like, man, it'd be cool to move out to California. But after climbing here for like a year or two, I'm like, man, this is, this is where it's at.
2: But you're also saying you drive like, let's say one to two hours for a uh-huh. session. Do you not like doing the indoor climbing gyms?
0: Oh no, I, I still climb indoor, but man, it's just not the same. Really? Getting outside in nature and it's it's such a good excuse to visit beautiful places and just go out and hang out with friends and climb some rocks.
2: Have you guys had any injuries?
0: No, no. Um, so I mean, it, it gets a pretty bad stigma of being really dangerous, but, uh, I mean, I think it's, it's as dangerous as you make it. Like we do bouldering and we'll bring a bunch of crash pads and we only ever go maybe 10, 15 feet up. And if we do anything higher than that, we're on a rope, Okay. always double checking everything and whatnot. So,
2: so kind of wrapping up, what, projects are you working on now? What should people be looking out for?
0: Oh, man. I don't know. Things are getting real crazy. I'm honestly kind of thinking that myself. <laughs> we'll we'll kind of see how the end of the summer goes, but I've I've been wanting to write more and uh, get back into recording again, so probably some of that in the fall.
2: Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. And where can people find you? I guess you're just Patrick Dukes. on Yep.
0: Patrick Dukes, I think, underscore on Instagram because... My name's Taken or whatever. But yeah, Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube, all three of those. Um, But Instagram and Facebook are probably the best places to keep up with what's going on and trying to post a little more regularly. So keep an eye out.
2: Cool. Well, we appreciate you coming out, Patrick. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, this is Lake Norman Locals. Thanks for listening.
1: Thanks for tuning in, everyone. At Lake Norman Locals, we aim to bring the stories of our community to our community. If you or someone you know has a story to share, please reach out to us. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or email us at lakenormanlocals@gmail.com. at gmail.com.